You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. This morning, uh, we saw the first place in the Bible where the word love is found. Anybody remember that chapter? Genesis 22. Uh, Abraham took his son Isaac that he loved and he was willing to offer uh, his son as a sacrifice. Of course, God didn't let him do it, uh, but God provided a substitute. And we see a great picture there of the love of the father, the heavenly father that he loved us, that he sent his son to die uh, in our place. We saw that this morning. Tonight, I'd like for you to see very quickly, I'd like for you to see the next place in the Bible where love is mentioned. It's found in Genesis 24. Genesis 24, we find the account of um, Abraham's servant. He brings back a wife for Isaac. And in Genesis 24, verse number 67, the servant has brought the wife back to Isaac. And it says in verse number 67, and Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Our Father, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look at your word. I thank you for the love we saw this morning, the great love in salvation, that you loved us so much that you gave your son to die in our place. And I thank you for that great love. I pray tonight as we look at the love uh, that we should have for our spouse, I pray that you would help us to be challenged and help us to be encouraged. Lord, I pray for those in this room who uh, have had a spouse and that spouse is, uh, is in heaven. I pray that you give comfort to them. I pray for those who have uh, dealt with heartache and those who've dealt with difficulties. I pray you'd encourage them, strengthen them. Uh, Lord, I pray that for all of us, our love for you would be number one. I pray that our relationship with you would be first and foremost so that all the other relationships in our lives can be what they ought to be. I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I've quoted this verse many times on I Love My Church Sunday. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, Husbands, love your who? Your wives. As Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it. I asked in the children's choir tonight, I asked the children, I said, why do you love your church? And uh, little Emma Johnson raised her hand. She was the first one to raise her hand. She raised her hand and I didn't know what she was going to say. We hadn't prepped her and I didn't tell her parents to prep her either. She just knew. She raised her hand and she said, I love my church because Jesus loves my church. And you know, that's the truth. Nobody loves this church more than Jesus loves the church because he gave his life for the church. We wouldn't be here tonight. We wouldn't have a church had Jesus not given his life on the cross and established the church. And Jesus loved the church. But the example is given in Ephesians 5 that husbands should love their wives with that same kind of love. Now, fellas, I don't, I don't mean to, to scare you, but the pressure is on. Those are big shoes to, to, to step into. Those are some, 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 some very high expectations that Jesus has that husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church. I want you to notice in Genesis 24 a few thoughts uh, about loving your spouse. 
Number one, I see that when um, uh, Rebekah came to Isaac, that was the leading of the Lord. And I want to say about loving your spouse, number one, I want to say that God is the one that brought Rebekah to Isaac. That wasn't Isaac's doing, that was God's doing. And I thank the Lord that God led Joanna to me. That was God's doing. And you know, for those in this room, and there are some uh, that are not married, we've got some young people, we've got some teenagers, we've got some young adults. And I want to tell you, let God lead your spouse to you and you to your spouse. You know, sometimes we get ahead of God, don't we? Sometimes we get in a hurry. But let God do the leading. Pray for the right one. Uh, if you have children uh, who are not married, you ought to pray every day that God would give them the right spouse. You ought to pray that God would help them and lead them and guide them. And by the way, that's a great reason to stay in church. That's a great reason to stay faithful to God. Uh, I can't think of a better place to find a spouse than in a church like this or in a Christian school or in a Bible college. I'm not saying you have to get married while you're in school. I'm just saying that's a great place to look, right? It's a great place to meet somebody because you have a desire to find the one that God has for you. I see number one about this love that God is the one that led Rebecca to Isaac. But number two, I see this. In verse number 67, the Bible says uh, that um, uh, Isaac took Rebecca and she became his wife. Now, this is not popular today, but for nine years, I haven't tried to preach what's popular. For nine years, I've tried to preach what the Bible says. But did you know it is still right to get married? Did you know it's still right to get married before you start living together like you're married? Did you know that marriage is God's plan? Did you know for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh? Did you know that marriage is not man's idea? Marriage is God's idea. And I love the fact that even in Genesis 24 in the Old Testament, God makes a point to say that Isaac took Rebekah and she became his wife. He made the choice to get married. He made the choice for Rebekah to be his wife. The Bible tells us, and by the way, for, for those of us that are married, you get married and the goal is to stay married. Uh, I'm not trying to say that to be hurtful. I'm not saying that to be unkind. I know we all know situations where things did not go well. I understand all that. But if you're here tonight and you're married, you know it's God's plan for you to stay married? It's God's plan for you to be faithful to that spouse. Uh, when you get married, and I've, I've gone over it with Tristan and Madeline already. We've been practicing those vows. Well, we haven't been practicing, but I gave them to them. I hope they've been practicing. But when you get married, you are choosing that person, and you are saying that you are choosing that person, and you are forsaking all others. Did you know that husbands and wives ought to be faithful to one another? Husbands and wives ought to be faithful and, and, and marriage is sacred and marriage is something that is God's plan. It's God's design. When you know you found the right one, you need to marry that person. Let your parents, let your pastor, let your, your, your godly counselors help you and, and instruct you. And then make sure the timing is right. Uh, you don't want to get ahead of God. And then stay pure until you get married. Uh, I, I've... I'm using Tristan and Madeline as an example because I've, I've counseled with them most recently. But uh, every couple I've talked to, I've always told them this. I said, you're going to have to on purpose, with God's help, you're going to have to stay pure 
until you get married. That's God's plan. You don't want to walk down the, 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 the aisle and you don't want to, to have regrets. You want to walk down that aisle pure and holy and chaste. And that is God's design for marriage. I tell you, this world is bombarding our young people. This world is making it, making it seem like, hey, do whatever you want to, live however you want to, have all the fun and party and live it up. And who cares about all that stuff? Well, I'll tell you who cares about purity. God still does. And I'll tell you, God's word uh, tells us that if we will be pure, if we will be holy, God promises that he will bless that. And I don't want the world's approval on my marriage. I want God's approval. I want God's blessing. I see one that God brought Rebecca to Isaac to. I see that they got married. Number three, I see that there was a love for each other. The Bible says in verse 67 that she became his wife and he loved her. Did you know that sometimes it's easy to be in love at the beginning and over time that love can grow cold? That's why you have to work at it. That's why when you get married, it is not just a one-time decision to say, I love you today and we'll see how it goes, but it's a daily decision. It's a daily commitment every day to say, I love you. And you say, I love you for better, for worse. And how many of you know there's going to be some for worse? And there's going to be some sickness. And there's going to be some poorer, right? Richer for poor. There's going to be some of that. But we see that there was a love. Love is a commitment. Love is a decision. Love is an action. Love is something that we must do on purpose every single day. Brother Dan was talking about it in Sunday school this morning. But, but love is not, I love you if you're good to me. Friend, that's not love. Uh, that's just, you know, I mean, that's just what the world does. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. Oh, no. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus gave his life for the church. Jesus didn't wait for you and me to do something for him. He gave himself before we could ever do anything in return. But we see that there must be love. Love is every day. Can I challenge you this week uh, to express and to show and to demonstrate your love for your spouse? To show your love uh, for one another, to show your love for your family, to show your love this week. Love is so important. I know it's, it's I love my church Sunday and it's Valentine's Day, but don't let this pass uh, without making a conscious decision to say, I'm going to show my love. I'm going to prove my love. I'm going to demonstrate my love uh, to my spouse. And then quickly, I see in verse number 67, the Bible says that, uh, he took Rebekah, she became his wife, and he loved her. And it says this, And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I want to say, lastly, about this point, and I think that's all I'll cover tonight, but I want to say that we have a responsibility in our marriages. Now, hang on. We have a responsibility to comfort one another. I did not say to irritate one another. And some of us are pretty good at that, aren't we? It's like the longer you've been married, you know how to push those buttons, right? Oh, I'll get them. They did this. Oh, they don't even know what's coming. 
There's a problem with that. Is I, I can't find that anywhere in the Bible. It's, 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 it's not there. But I do see that we should comfort. We should help one another. Did you know that, fellas, when your wife is having a bad day, it's not your job to make it worse? And you might be the reason she's having a bad day to begin with. It's your job, it's my job to make it better. And wives, did you know the same is true for you when your husband's having a bad day? It's not your job to make it worse. It's your job, your responsibility. It's your privilege. It's our privilege to make it better for one another. We live in such a, a crazy, messed up world that everything is about us. Everything is, what can I get out of it? How will this help me? How will this benefit me? Rather than deciding, I'm going to live for my spouse. I'm going to live for my mate. Don't make tough times worse. I, I give you just, just two thoughts about that, that particular area. Here's one thing I have to work on. I sometimes make things worse when I open my mouth. Do you ever do that? Do you ever have a situation and it's not good and then you open your mouth and, 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 and words start coming out that you're trying to catch and put back in, but it's too late? You ever, you ever do that? Yeah. That's why it's so important to guard our words. See, how do you guard your words? Well, David prayed a prayer like this. He said, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart may it be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I'll tell you another way to encourage and help your spouse when they're going through a tough time is you're going to have to be spirit-filled. You know what that means? That means that you're not operating in your own strength. And you're not operating in your own agenda. You are yielded to the Holy Spirit of God every day. Your flesh has been crucified. Your flesh has been put to death. And every day you say, Holy Spirit, I got problems. I got this old flesh that says things it shouldn't say, does things it shouldn't do, but I don't want to live a life controlled by the flesh. I want to live a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit of God can make you the husband you need to be, the wife you need to be, can make you the employer, the employee that you need to be, the Holy Spirit can make you the Christian you need to be. But if we're going to help and comfort one, each other in the hard times, this was a hard time for Isaac. His mother had passed away, but the Bible says that when he took Rebekah, she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. You may be here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, uh, I'm going through some hard times. And, uh, and I feel like I don't have anybody to comfort me. Well, I got some good news for you. You're not alone because Jesus Christ, before he left this earth, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the spirit of truth that's going to indwell you. And the spirit is going to give you comfort when it seems like nobody else can. Aren't you glad for the comfort that God gives? You say, you know, my spouse hasn't been doing it. Well, I hope they will, and I hope you will. But I'm glad that we have the Holy Spirit of God. I'm glad that we have a comforter. And you and I, today, we ought to strive to be all we can be to help and encourage others. 
But I'm glad that even when it seems like we're all alone, I'm glad we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us. I've got about eight of these uh, thoughts I'll give you at some point, but we got through one this morning, salvation. And number two, tonight, a love for your spouse. I hope, you had a, hope it'll challenge, hope it encourage you, and uh, I hope that we will be what we ought to be. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.